Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Enlightened Relationships. I'm Lindsay K. Porter, and I hope you enjoyed your binge listening of the launch episodes. Today starts the publication of weekly episodes every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in. For this episode, we welcome back Dr. Erica Mendez. She is a mom, wife, and veterinarian. She also serves as a mentor for women in the veterinarian profession who are feeling stressed, stretched, and burnt out by their work, or who are overwhelmed by situations in their personal life. She supports them by helping them gain insight into themselves and the people around them, as well as provides them with the emotional fitness tools, relationship tools, and resources to help them become purposeful in their responses and reactions. She shares her journey on this path to becoming purposeful on her blog, The Purposeful Vet. Are you sick and tired of your life and relationships being so difficult, resulting in that endless frustrating cycle of directing, correcting, and ordering the people in it, ultimately draining you of your happiness? So how are people like you and I, who care and are willing to invest in our relationships, people who are willing to take ownership of our behaviors and actions, how are we able to make the changes necessary to create intentional relationships? Well, that is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Lindsay K. Porter, and welcome to Enlightened Relationships. Erica, thank you so much for being with us today, and welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. I so appreciate you taking the time to join us, and I'm really excited to dive into your story. What brought you to where you are today? Well, it's. I think my story starts like many, many uh, working moms. I was working full-time, 40 to 50 hours a week at a busy um, veterinary hospital, and I was probably beyond exhausted and sleep-deprived. I have a very spirited little child that uh, seemed to know exactly how to push my buttons on a regular, and... (laughs) I was getting home late a lot, which, you know, my husband would then be home with her for a few hours before I would get home. And so he was feeling a little resentful or a lot, depending on the day and her temper. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) and really my marriage was really taking a huge backseat. I mean, everything aside from work and taking care of this little one was just taking a a huge backseat. I just didn't feel like I had the bandwidth to to do work and to be a mom and to be a wife. And so being a wife took a huge hit because I just, you know, it was just kind of low man on the totem pole and I didn't have any self-care in place. And it was just, I was just constantly pouring from an empty cup and really the only person who was having any other needs filled was my daughter because she was so loud (laughs) and disruptive (laughs) when her needs weren't met. And so that was- So she made it known. Yeah, that was where we began. It was just the empty cups from both of us, except for her. So as that was your experience, what I was hearing is that you were in a state of overwhelm, right? I mean, everything just seemed to be a lot that was going on. And I assume exhausting. If you had nothing left, you said I referenced your cups being empty. 
Yeah, it was really uh, a trying time. And I think nothing really prepares you for those early years of parenthood. I mean, you just don't have the skills <laughs> that you need to yeah. navigate that time successfully. Um, it's not like we learn how to do that and how to navigate a marriage through that time. I always tell my husband, I say, you know, it's amazing anyone stays married through the first three years of a, of a child's life because it's, it's so difficult and it's so easy to get wrapped up in being a mom that you completely forget that you before were a mom were a wife. Right. You forget that other part of who you are. Can you go into a little bit about the work you do? So, yeah. So at this point in time, um, I think from that point of time moving forward, I, I began, I had to get help and, and it really was a, um, a need and not a want because I just couldn't foresee life going on in the manner that it was. And so I began to get help, and then that opened up a whole new world of personal development for me, which I actually had not. I mean, I'd read self-help books, but it just, nothing ever stuck, nothing ever changed. And so I just began to really dive into getting a mentor and studying with them and having a coach. And the more I did it, the more I wanted to do it. And so I read books and filled journals, and gosh, in front of me, I'm working today, so I have a whole pile of like, four or five journals that are just filled with things that I've learned and implemented. And as I began to do that, I began to realize that these were the skills I was missing all along, that these were the things I needed to know to be able to navigate being a wife and a, a full-time working mom. Um, and as I began to implement them, I found that work as a full-time veterinarian um, became so much easier um, because we do have a very stressful work experience in the veterinary field is at this point in time about 80% women and many of them are working moms and many of us are um, suffering from burnout and compassion fatigue and really suffering and these tools that I had learned had helped me so tremendously that I just felt called <laughs> so right. you call it I felt called it to begin to share it with others and help um, elevate others with these skills so that they too could benefit from what I've poured through and learned and then apply to our I call it our crazy vet life um, and I put that all into the purposeful vet which is a blog but it's growing into so much more every day so here you are on your journey, your learnings, and you're providing an opportunity to, to fast path for others, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely one of the things I've learned the most out of doing all this is where you don't have to be good at everything. And there is someone who's figured it out. And all you need to do is go to that person and ask, hey, how did you do this? And that person toiled and toiled and read books and figured it out and has created a path for you. And all you have to do is ask for their help. Why do you have to also toil and toil and, you know, spend the thousands of dollars that we've spent <laughs> to right. figure out, you know, all of these things when someone else has figured that out for you. And so, you know, I'm not an expert in everything, but I am an expert in being a wife and a mom and that. And so that's the path that I can help, you know, others on because I know what it feels like and I've 
figured it out how to do that so that, you know, you feel good at the end of the day. Right, right. So Erica, what was the low point, that point in your life that really caused this desire for you for seeking this change, this something's got to give. What, what did, can you kind of just describe that a little bit more? Like what, what was that for you? I think it is different for everybody. And for me, it's, it was very much a physical manifestation of my emotional unhappiness. And when my daughter was about two and a half, um, I developed severe migraines. I'd never had a migraine ever in my life before. And so all of a sudden I was having really debilitating um, migraines and um, I didn't know why. And you do begin to, you know, when you have severe brain pain as I, I had, right. you know, you're, you're, you, you do jump to, I have a brain tumor or I have an aneurysm or, you know, there's something really wrong with me and I can be potentially really, really sick. And, you know, you, you, the, the CT scan was normal. And so then they send you for the MRI and, you know, you're laying there and an MRI is a very unique experience when you're having one on your brain. And <laughs> so you, you lay there and, you know, you can't move. You're in this tiny little um, cone and, Completely calm, right? Right. (laughs) Completely calm, not freaking out. Um, And your brain starts to, you know, say lots of things to you. And one of the things that my brain started saying was, you know, you could have a brain tumor and the last, you know, two years of your life have been complete crap. And if this is, you know, your last six months and you only have six months to live, are you going to let it be crappy? To me, it really was kind of a a come to Jesus moment where I, you know, I just decided, I said, you know, life is too short. Life is too short to be miserable all the time. And I'm wasting my life by, by being miserable here. I have a wonderful husband, a beautiful daughter who's healthy and a great career. And yet I'm miserable every day. And that was, you know, at the point where, you know, there had been so much tension in my marriage at that point that I, it was the biggest source of frustration for me. And parenthood, it was just hard to navigate all these new things with, with this other person. Um, and it, I had begun thinking, you know, there's got to be, there has to be a better way. There's, And that was where I began to seek help to improve my relationship was where I started. Oh, Erica, I, I totally could feel your story as you're going through that. And I'm sure you know, many of us listening can resonate with what it is that you just shared. Just feeling the, is this really what my life is? And Mm -hmm. not being excited, not enjoying what is and how to make something better. And I just want to celebrate with you the taking that initiative of finding that change, that path for you and, and that discovery. I just think that's amazing. We see where people sometimes just quit. They throw in the towel and it's, it's just this dynamic of life. It doesn't work. You know, this person doesn't work. They're broken. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you know, your thoughts get very dark, you know, when you're 
you know, suffering from migraines and headaches and, you know, there was just, it was relentless and, and, you know, it, it does, you do get to the point where you're like, would it be better if I just wasn't here? And when you find yourself thinking those thoughts, that's where you do really have to say, okay, I, I, things need to change. I hope for most people, it doesn't, you know, they don't have to get to that, quite that rock bottom. Right. (laughs) But, you know, in order to really seek the change and, you know, really grab hold of it and make it work, you know, it was out of desperation for me and out of despair that I did it. And, and I'm thankful now for those moments, because had I not done that, I wouldn't be here. Um, but it was very painful in the moment. Can you share, you know, with all of this stuff that you have going on on the home front, all of these, these feelings, these emotions, these thoughts that are going on, you yourself have said the physical that physically manifested because of these emotional pains. How was it in the work environment for you? I mean, what was that dynamic like as you were working? I mean, during that time when I had the headaches and the migraines, it was, um, it was, work has always been a somewhat of a love-hate relationship. It, it is, it has definitely in our career the power to overtake you and to, um, I don't know, we always say suck the soul out of us <laughs> because because <laughs> um, we do deal with so many difficult um, and heartbreaking um, moments. And so during that time, it, what you focus on becomes, you know, more of what you manifest almost. And if you're in a bad place, then it almost seems that when you're at work, just there's no good, you know, everything is bad. And, um, you know, while I always feel like I've been very good at my job and very competent, um, I did find during that time that I was doing a lot of um, protecting and, um, shutting off of my emotions. Um, it was, I was already in a a not great place emotionally. And so if I ran up against someone who was maybe having a difficult time or, you know, during the sad moments that I, I would shut down and go numb as opposed to open with compassion. I just didn't, um, have it in me at them at that time to, know how to do that successfully without going down the rabbit hole myself. And so during that time, it was very much a coping mechanism to just shut it off. But the the hard um, truth of it was, was shutting it off didn't stop when I got home. And so I would just shut off and then I would just stay shut off. And being (laughs) shut from your emotions and shut off from that doesn't really help your love relationships at all at all and and to me I think of it now as my armor that I was putting on a bunch of armor at work to shield myself from these hard things and these hard emotions and then I just never took it off yeah oh, I can relate with you my friend <laughs> was there one single thing or one aha for you when you came from this place changed your trajectory. Absolutely. I mean, there were so many aha moments, I think, (laughs) during the time when I began to learn all about um, this work and the skills. And I would say 
one of the biggest aha moments was learning about you know, the six human needs and the six human need buckets. And those are certainty and uncertainty, love and connection, significance, um, growth and contribution. Thinking about how I fill the buckets. And I remember this moment I was sitting in my bathroom listening to, um, you know, the, the discussion about it. And I started thinking, gosh, you know, I am using work to fill all of my needs, every single one. Work was filling my needs at such a high level. And then, you know, learning that when anything meets your levels, your buckets at a level four or higher, it becomes somewhat of an addiction. Then it was, you know, even more of a like break my brain open, like, ah, you know, is that why I stay late at work all the time? Is that why I kind of dread coming home sometimes? Is that why, you know, I work when I'm home? You know, I check my you know, email or I'm, you know, and I'm just not present. And it was, you know, a resounding, yep, 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 that is why. And um, coming to that realization that I was at a place in my life that I had let my work fill all of my buckets so completely, because I'm good at my job. And, you know, and, and so I was getting a lot of that love and connection and significance and certainty. And my job is everything, you know, all of it, you know, together. But in turn, I was ignoring my husband's buckets because I didn't need him to fill my buckets. And I wasn't, you know, I, I was only using work and I wasn't leaving any room for him to fill my buckets, which you know, I never realized how important that was. And so that was a huge aha moment for me. Oh my goodness. Erica, I think we could go on and on. There's so much good that you have to share. I think those six human needs is an amazing tool and how you were able to reflect that into your own life and seeing how work became that priority because it was pleasurable and it felt better than what was going on in the home dynamic with where things were. So I just huge aha on how Mm -hmm. that can um, become the thing that we put our time and attention and efforts into. Erica, thank you for being with us. I have no doubt that sometime in the future here that I'm going to have you back on because you are a wealth of information. Can you share with our listeners here how they could connect with you online? They want to get more information from you? Absolutely. So I do have a website. It is called thepurposefulvet.com. It's all one word. I'm okay. also on Instagram as the purposeful vet. And I do have a Facebook page called the purposeful vet. Um, email is pretty simple as well. It's the purposeful vet at gmail.com. And I'm on all of those places and you can follow me on any of them. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And you are working on, and I think by the time that this is aired, your free training, your five steps to say no without the guilt. Yes. So that is a free training that I developed because when I realized that um, work was filling all my needs and I did need to disengage from work and go home, um, my staff and clients had become very accustomed to me being available all the time and not having um, any kind of standards or boundaries for myself. And so I had to develop a way to be able to say no, that did not leave me feeling 
terrible. And so I, I figured out a way to do that. And it really helped me to, um, to be able to say no without feeling the guilt and to have a script in my head that I could just whip out whenever I needed it and be able to um, navigate that conversation successfully. And I think it's just so important to have that in your back pocket because um, otherwise we will, you know, we'll say yes, even when we want to say no. And then that just doesn't ever end well. Right. Doing um, those actions from a place of pleasing. Thank you, Erica. Really, again, appreciate you being here with us and, and the information you shared. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. You asked. So next week will be my first solo episode. And I am going to give you a little bit more insight into me and why I'm so passionate about doing this podcast and my intentions around this podcast. So tune in next week. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family. And remember to subscribe to the show to ensure you get automatic episode updates for enlightened relationships. Finally, please take a moment to leave an honest rating and review on iTunes as it really helps with ranking the show and I make a point to read every single review.